0: Thanks for joining us for a classic edition of In the Studio with Michael Card. This session is made possible by our friends with the Christian Standard Bible. Learn more about the CSB translation online when you visit csbible.com. Listen now to this program from the archives. This is In the Studio with Michael Card, part of the RBC Family of Ministries. And Michael, even as I say that, I think of the recent CD you did with RBC called Hymns.
1: That's right, Wayne. We tried to um, do as many classic hymns uh, as we could, but we also tried to do a couple of uh, newer songs that I hope will become classic hymns.
0: Hmm. We're calling this program today a continuation of our Classics series because we are going back into the archive. We've been on the air a number of years now, Michael. We've got a lot of these uh, interviews with the uh, people that need to be heard again. We've got Dr. Bruce Waltke coming up here today. Right, and I
1: don't know if you know this, uh, Wayne, but um, the the goal of my life at one point was to study with Bruce Waltke. When when I studied with Dr. Lane was for six years, Bill uh, was grooming me, and that was his term. He was grooming me to go and study with with uh, Bruce, and oh. so. Uh... Uh, I never got to know Dr. Waltke except uh, from uh, talking to him on on the radio. So Mm -hmm. it was a big moment for me to get to talk to him.
0: Well, we'll replay that conversation with him in a moment. And before we do that, though, let me say that he is professor at Reformed Theological Seminary in Orlando and Regent College in Vancouver, author of The Commentary on Genesis, published by Zondervan and so many other good works. We're going to talk to him about the Proverbs today, though. Here on the program, and then in the second half of our program today, Michael, we captured you a few years ago in concert in Waukegan, Illinois. Yeah, this was uh, when I was on the road with uh,
1: Scott Brazier, who was a great uh, uh, songwriter, uh, melody writer. He's he's gone on now to uh, write film scores. He wrote the film score for uh, a Billy Graham movie. Just a great, great musician, and and these are some of my favorite songs uh, from from concert to do. Uh, I look down at the list, Jubilees on here and things
0: we leave behind. and um, So I'm looking forward to hearing this again, too. Well, we'll do that in the second half here in the studio today. But right now, let's open to the book of Proverbs with Dr. Bruce Walkey.
1: Yeah, um, you were mentioning before, Bruce, that uh, as you open your class, uh, you ask your students uh, what Proverbs they know. And you said the answer uh, comes back uh, fairly frequently, that uh, only two or three.
2: That's about right. Yeah. They, and I suspect that that's probably quite broadly true of the whole Church, much to our loss, I should add.
0: Mm. What are the, the most commonly uh, quoted proverbs when you ask yeah, your well, students? Yeah, well, what the
2: students come back to me with is pretty much what I would expect. Uh, most know the um, theme of the book, the key to the book, 1-7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. And the second one they know, and I know some who have made this uh, their life text, is, uh, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Uh, Do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Mm -hmm. Usually translated, acknowledge Him. And the old King James has, and He will direct your path. I think the NIV has, He will make your path straight, Mm -hmm. which is a little bit better. And the third one is uh, 22-6, uh, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old he will not depart. <laughs> oh, from yes, mm-hmm. every every student
0: yeah. knows that one, huh?
2: Yeah, <laughs> yes. those are the three. <laughs> and uh, I'm, most of them are misunderstood, by the way, mm. <laughs> or not not misunderstood but just not adequately understood.
1: Well, well, those, I thought those were all three uh, fairly straightforward uh Lessons. I mean, at least when they were, uh, when I was beat about the head and shoulders with them as a, as a young person, I thought uh, mm-hmm. they were fairly easy to understand. But you're saying they're not?
2: Well, I'm, I wonder how many people understand what the fear of the Lord is, for example. Mm. I find I'm often asked that question, <laughs> even after I explain it sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and what does it mean to trust in the Lord with all your heart? Mm. What does it mean in that context? And it ties in with the fear of the Lord, hmm. both of them. Hmm. They, they, they're very closely related because, if we get into this, the fear of the Lord entails objective revelation. It isn't just something emotional. Hmm. It has cognitive aspect, a thought aspect, a content aspect. And, uh, for example, in uh, Psalm 19, the uh, law of the Lord, statutes of the Lord, precepts of the Lord, uh, fear the Lord, command of the Lord, they're all parallel. Mm-hmm. And so fear of the Lord in Psalm 19 is parallel with the law of the Lord. Hmm. Or Proverbs 2, my son, if you accept my words, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. You cannot have the fear of the Lord without special revelation. Hmm. And so that's what I mean. I think that most I doubt we can get that straight out of the English text.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And I think that's where we can be helped, that the fear of the Lord is the teaching of this book. Mm. That's only part of the answer, however, that it entails uh, a brokenness, uh, a humility to accept it so that it becomes part of your life. The fact of the matter is, uh, when you were saying earlier about mentors, You don't have wisdom simply as cognition or as a cognitive factor. Hmm. You don't have wisdom by memorizing this book, though that's important. It entails uh, knowing, experiencing, imbibing. Um, You don't know riding a bike by reading about a bike. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You only know riding a bike when you get on it and you Mm. risk it and maybe even fall a few times Mm -hmm. but when you experience it then you know Mm. and wisdom is the same way that we can have all the content but unless we risk ourselves on it uh, capture its vision and lean on it and live on it we don't know it and we're not wise Mm. So what you said in the beginning is extremely important, and so the fear of the Lord is that objective revelation, but it's a brokenness to accept it, to trust it, to live by it so for example, at the end of chapter fifteen, the parallel to the fear of the Lord is humility and mm-hmm. uh, the Hebrew word means to be broken hmm. to accept it or proverbs twenty two four where he talks about the fear of the Lord, and then the most translations end an and and humility, but there's no end in the Hebrew text. It simply says the fear of the Lord. The uh, oh no, it says humility and the fear of the Lord. But what it says is humility, the fear of the Lord sort, mm-hmm. where you are subjected to it. So that's what's entailed in the fear of the Lord. And then the third thing of fear of the Lord, not only is it that objective revelation and our subjective brokenness before it, but it's really tied up with trust that God has in His hands our our lives and our death. And the book is not concerned just with this life. Life in, this, in the book of Proverbs is eternal life. Mm-hmm. And death is a death now and a death that goes on forever mm. alienated separated from God so that's the death and when we understand that that as we respond to God's revelation whatever form but especially in Jesus Christ as we respond to that revelation the issue is life and death and so therefore that entails real awe, real fear the realization that if I do not respond my life is in his hands Mm. And we will respond accordingly. We usually think of fear as something that repulses. We draw away from a person we fear. But in the Old Testament, the person who fears the Lord loves God, trusts Mm. God, because he takes God seriously.
3: Mm.
2: He believes in God. So they're not antithetical at all, loving God and fearing God. We love him for his promises. We fear him for his threats, because we trust him. He's not a God who lies to us. So those are the three ideas that I understand the fear of the Lord in this book. And if we get those ideas, it will work wherever we read that expression.
1: Doc, Dr. Walke, is there a a question implied in 1-7? I mean, it, it, it's always forced me to ask the question, if if the fear of the Lord is the beginning, mm-hmm. then what's the end? Is that is that oh, implied good at
2: question. all? Yeah. Well, the word could mean the beginning in that sense. Mm-hmm. Uh. But more probably, we should think not of a racer, uh, a runner, on a horizontal track with a beginning. We should think rather of a person climbing a ladder, mm. at the first rung of the ladder. Mm. And you take that out, the whole thing falls down. Uh-huh. That's the idea of it. It probably is it's the foundation of everything. Mm. That the whole teaching, that trust in the Lord with all your heart, and He will make your way blessed, that's a faith posture, so that it's not a beginning that you leave behind. Mm -hmm. It's a beginning on which everything rests. So it's like the word, actually in Latin, fundamentum, Mm -hmm. means the base, and that's how that word is used. So that is foundational to entering into the whole realm of knowledge Mm. of this book. And without that commitment, you cannot enter the book. That's why it's right at the gateway to the book. Mm-hmm. Because w- another way of saying it is, is what the alphabet is to reading, what notes are to music, the fear of the Lord is to wisdom.
3: Mm.
2: Be, you, you're not going anywhere until you can read it mm. uh, spiritually. So, and that's part of the problem I have with a lot of biblical study. It All too often it's simply learning about history and words and so forth. But mm-hmm. that's to miss it. Mm-hmm. And we'll never know God that way. That's why many students go to school when they come out dry. Yeah. Because they lost that relational aspect. Mm. And that's foundational.
1: And Dr. Lane used to talk about engaging with the text at the level of the imagination where yeah, um, that's it, good. it really did come alive. Well, I have one other question. Something that I've recently uh, seen in the life of Simon Peter is that frequently after Jesus will reveal himself in a new way uh on uh, the first miraculous catch of fish or the transfiguration and there's a couple of other passages what Jesus always says to Peter is don't be afraid and you said something about uh the the revelation of God and 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 coming to know God better and and i wonder if there's a connection there as as, mm-hmm. as i learn who god is more i mean jesus response to peter is okay don't be afraid yeah. but fear but fear is i mean the kind of fear that jesus is talking about perhaps i, I don't know i'm 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 taking a, i'm yeah. taking big shots here yeah can you make sense
2: that that kind of that's the kind of fear that's apart from faith huh of really trusting god
1: so a different kind of fear
2: it's a different kind of, it's, a, it's, a, it's just fear. Mm-hmm. It isn't involved with trust. That's why you get that other passage of trust in the Lord with all your heart.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: It's
2: that kind of fear that grows out of faith, that I really can trust God. Mm-hmm. The, you see, these others, he say, fear not because he's going to give them a promise, mm-hmm. or something of that sort.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, now, John will say he casts out perfect fear, for mm-hmm.
3: example. And mm-hmm.
2: that's different, again, because when we're not living right, and not walking in love, with God and with others, uh, then there's a uh, reason to fear.
1: A good reason to fear. A good reason mm-hmm. to fear.
2: But uh, when perfect love and we're living with integrity, it casts out all fear.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Our conscience commends us and does not condemn us.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So uh, it's a call to really uh, trust Him all the way.
0: Mm. This really is very helpful as we talk with Dr. Bruce Walkey today here on our program In the Studio with Michael Card, and we're looking at the book of Proverbs. Um, Michael, uh, I realize our time is not as long as it needs to be to mm. come to grips with so much of the truth here, but I wonder if we can pause for just a moment and uh, ask you to sing a song for us, mm. because you have a song that you've written called The Way of Wisdom, which mm-hmm. comes right from these same pages.
1: Yeah, this this is a song about uh, wisdom uh, becoming a person that possessing wisdom is something uh, that we possess by virtue of our relationship with Jesus Christ, who is the wisdom of
0: God. All right, Michael Card in the studio now with his song, "The Way of Wisdom."
2: The
1: way of wisdom starts out with a step of holy fear, and it makes its way along by every good word that you hear. It has to do with passion, and it has to do with pain. It has to do with one who has both died and rose again, died and rose again. And the way of wisdom is living, the path of peace is forgiving. Behold the man of meaning, behold he is. Way of understanding lies in not how much you know, for the pathway is a person that you come to love, and so you can stop pretending that it all depends on you. It's not how much you love, as much as how much he loves you, how much he loves you, and the way of. Way- Wisdom beckons us to find the end of fear that perfect love pursues. Wisdom did not come to simply speak the words of truth. He's the word that makes us true and the way of wisdom is living. The path of peace is for
0: Thank you, Michael. The way of wisdom. And Bruce, while Michael was singing, I was looking at the first few verses of Proverbs 2, which says in the New Living Translation, Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and understanding. Search for them as you would for lost money or hidden treasure. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord, and you will gain knowledge of God. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and Understanding, Boy, that fits right in with both the song and what we're talking about here today, Bruce. Uh,
2: that's the way he, one gets wisdom and the fear of the Lord is the whole idea of... Um, I think it must have begun with verse 2. Mm-hmm. Verse 1 begins with uh, to accept it, accept my word.
0: Sure. It says here in this translation, My child, listen to me and treasure my instructions.
2: Yes, uh, but they listen to me... Uh, the word is lakach, uh, which means to accept, mm-hmm. and that takes trust mm-hmm. that it seems so simple to the believer we do it so naturally because that's our basic nature we're children who trust parents, but uh it's unnatural, says paul and john it's proof we're born again is when we accept it into our hearts and store it up you see if you accept it, and then the next word means to prize it and store it up as a as, as treasure. So you're feeding upon it. And then comes and incline your ear to it. But in Proverbs, it means to this book. In the Tanon of Scripture, of course, it all points to Christ. Mm. That's how they are related, uh, that we trust Him, as the song says, because He first loved us.
1: That was the question I had for you, was then what does it mean uh, when we say that Jesus is the wisdom of God?
2: Yeah, that's out of Paul, and he's talking about the way of salvation. Mm -hmm. And he's talking there against the Greek way, us looking for this uh, wisdom, in their sense, of um, some kind of rhetoric, skill. But what we preach is uh, Christ, his crucifixion, Mm -hmm. resurrection, death, burial. And that's the wisdom of God Mm. for our
1: salvation. So when when you read, uh, like, the personification of wisdom... Mm-hmm. The the what what Proverbs eight does yeah uh, and I've always longed to connect that directly to Christ and say yeah. I yeah. mean is that not appropriate then?
2: The church has done that ever since the Council of Chalcedon, but I think exegetically it's a the New Testament never makes that connection. Mm-hmm. As I understand those personifications of wisdom, it's in one twenty through thirty three and eight twenty two through thirty one where you have these uh, wisdoms standing at the gate.
1: Right, and the, the, uh, the contrast between the woman, the, the bad woman and the good woman sort of a that's thing. That's in
2: chapter 7, yeah. yeah, the bad woman in chapter 7. Yeah. Uh, what's going on is the book of Proverbs is, is addressed to two people. It's addressed to the wise and it's addressed to the gullible, hmm. the, the uncommitted, especially uncommitted young people. Hmm. And uh, as you go through the prologue, the first nine chapters, you have ten uh, lessons in the home, of the father to the son, beginning with one eight. My son, listen to your father's instruction and uh, discipline. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. And so you get that lesson in chapter two. My son, chapter three. My son, and then on through you know three twenty, four one, four ten, so forth. All the way through you got these ten lessons to the son, who's mm-hmm. considered wise. You see, the wise let the wise listen, and then the first word of one eight is, "Listen, my son." Mm-hmm. Now, there's another audience, and that's in one four, and that's the gullible. Uh, that's translated naive, simpleton, and so forth, but I think gullible is the right word mm-hmm. for petit. Both addresses of personification of wisdom are addressed to the gullible
3: ah. in
2: the city gate before they enter the city gate. They should have made a commitment within the home, but they haven't made that commitment yet. Mm. And they better address wisdom and accept her before they enter that city. And they're tempted by easy sex mm. and easy money. So it is a personification of this book's teachings.
1: I see. So That's, the, so, women
2: wisdom, that's who woman wisdom
1: is. So in chapter 1, when the wise woman cries out in the streets, she cries out to the simpleton.
2: That's what it says. Yeah.
1: Ah, okay. She's
2: crying out to the fools. Oh,
1: rocking. I've never seen that before.
2: Yeah, she's crying out to the simpleton. <laughs> and it's also true in chapter 8, if you begin the chapter, it's mm-hmm. to all men. Again, at the gate that's where that's addressed ah. and they have to make a choice at the gate of the city because once they're in and they're mature now and they're potentially marriageable and so forth mm. that decision should have been made before this
1: well now so, I have to go back all the way back through proverbs and read it <laughs> with this with this insight. it's, it's amazing <laughs> are you thanking dr walkie here or <laughs> well w- more work for me but yeah <laughs> but that's I've never I've never heard that I've never seen that
2: mm-hmm well, take a look at it, and uh, it's really, it's a profound, profound book. Mm. And uh, it's, uh, I was thinking as you were singing your song about wisdom and so forth, how we can't get it on our own, because we don't see everything. That's the Proverbs 30 with the words of Agur. Mm. And he's saying that uh, I, I try to find it, but I couldn't get it. Mm. And the reason you can't get it on your own is you can't live skillfully unless you see the whole mm. And when I was a kid, for example, uh, factory smoke was good. That was prosperity. Mm -hmm. Now we know it's bad. Uh Uh, Eggs every morning with bacon for breakfast, that was good.
3: Mm -hmm. Now
2: it's bad. Uh (laughs) But now I hear it's coming back again. (laughs) (laughs) But what I'm only saying is, unless you see the whole, you can't live skillfully. Mm -hmm. You can't have wisdom. And that's why, apart from revelation... Well, lost.
1: So that's why in Ecclesiastes, Psalm, uh, wisdom was a dead end for him.
2: Yeah, yeah. under the sun, mm. it, it was. The whole thing was absurd. He couldn't come anywhere, get anywhere. Mm. And that's what I was talking about. And I heard that coming through in your song mm. as well. Mm. That uh, it takes that person. You see what happens in Agra, He says. Uh, who's gone up to heaven and come down, an ancient Near Eastern expression of the gap between heaven and earth. Who's created the hands of the earth? Mm. Who holds the, uh, he talks about the wind in and and, and your fist and the water in your robe. That means the rain that sustains the life. Mm. Who, who controls that? And then he says, who, what is his name? And what's the name of his son? Mm. Surely you know, well, the one who has it all. who's created it all, knows the ends of the earth, knows everything from the beginning, is God. Mm -hmm. He's the only one. And who's the Son? Well, in this book, the Son is always the disciple, the student, Mm -hmm. the pupil. It's Israel, and it's us. Mm -hmm. And you have to name the God of, the triune God of the Bible, your God. And you have to identify yourself as His Son in Christ today. Mm -hmm. And then you know wisdom.
0: Hmm.
2: You're on your way to wisdom.
0: Wow. That also helps to answer a question that I have, Dr. Walkie, and that is that throughout the book of Proverbs, we read about renewed health and vitality, even mm-hmm. wealth. And I think in this age when we want to avoid the prosperity gospel, that we minimize those passages. Do we do we misapply? Do we misunderstand?
2: Well, I think the the book is, I, I think it's certainly saying that, and it doesn't have any terminus on it. In other words, if you live this way, uh, you will experience wealth, health, and prosperity. Mm-hmm. That's the say. And I think we would agree that's partly realized in this life. I mean, in other words, you wouldn't say that's true of the, it's true of the sober, not of the drunkard. hmm it's true, uh, it's true of the uh, calm person, not the, he- right. not the hot head. It's true of the diligent person. That's part uh, of the
0: common sense of wisdom, right?
2: Yeah. Uh, see, the problem is that is, this is a primer in morality. It looks at the end, and it throws away the gapping between virtue and its rewards. You see, for example, in 24, 15, and 16, it says, Although a righteous man falls seven times, he will rise. Hmm. That's an interesting expression he will rise in other words he's out uh, we would say he's out on the mat for the count of ten
3: mm-hmm.
2: but that's not his end he will rise and in fact the matter is it looks to a life beyond the grave 1228 along that path oh, i see is immortality 1432 um it talks about the even in his death in his death the righteous man seeks a refuge in the Lord. Mm. So the problem is, we read the book as this life, and not mm. we have an eschatology that's this life, that life. Mm-hmm. That is not this book. This book, life is forever. Mm. There's a gapping between virtue and its uh, rewards.
0: We will have to stop right there. Our thanks to Dr. Bruce Walkey for giving us a fresh look into Proverbs today here in the studio with Michael Card. We've come to the halfway point in our program. If you'd like to get in touch with us to tell us how God is using this program or to pass along a Bible question, send your email to in the studio at michaelcard.com. Here's a note that just came in from Stacy, who writes Several days a week I drive about eight hours to remote parts of Texas and Oklahoma. During this time, I listened to In the Studio podcasts. These have been such a blessing. I've enjoyed your music for years. God has used you to push me deeper into the mystery of God. Be encouraged. God has used you and is still using you. Thank you for sharing your life and thoughts. Well, after a break, we're going to go on the road with Michael for a live concert experience. That's next, In the Studio with Michael Kott. the Christian Standard Bible. Scholarly, accurate, readable, current. That's why we're excited to partner with CSB. I'm glad we're partnering with the CSB. I got to see
1: firsthand the way godly scholars work together on this Bible translation. Now I
0: get to use the CSB in my study and teaching. Visit csbible.com and explore the variety of options available to get this fresh translation into your hands. And when you order, receive your 40% discount on your CSB purchase at LifeWay when you use the promotion code CARD40. Just type CARD40 with no spaces for your 40% discount. The Christian Standard Bible, a great translation, a great selection, and a great discount. So many study Bibles and editions designed to make God's Word accessible in our busy lives. Choose a copy that fits your needs online at csbible.com.
1: I hope you'll find one that will help you get serious about reading
0: God's Word. And welcome back into the studio with Michael Card. And this half, we continue our classic series with highlights from a concert in Waukegan, Illinois. Joining Michael on stage is keyboard artist Scott Brazier. And We start with the song, Jubilee.
1: Lord provided for a time for the slaves to be set free, for the debts to all be cancelled so his chosen ones could see his deep desire was for forgiveness, he longed to see their liberty and his yearning was embodied in the year of jubilee 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 jesus Jubilee, debts forgiven, slaves set free, Jesus is our jubilee. At the Lord's appointed time, his deep desire became a man the heart of all true jubilation and with joy we understand. In his voice we hear a trumpet sound that tells us we are free. He is the incarnation of the year of jubilee. Sing. Jubilee. Jubilee. Jesus is the jubilee. that's forgiven. Slaves set free. Jesus is our Jubilee. To be so completely guilty and given over to despair. To look into your judge's face and see a Savior there. Jubilee. More time. Jubilee. Jesus is the Jubilee forgiven Simon, so foolish and wise, proudly he's tending his nets. Then Jesus calls, and the boats drift away, and all that he owns he forgets. But more than the nets he abandoned that day, he found that his pride was soon drifting away. And it's hard to imagine the freedom we find from the things That we leave behind And Matthew was mindful Of taking the tax And pressing the people to pay But hearing the call He responded in faith And followed the light and the way Leaving the people so puzzled he found The greed in his heart was no longer around And it's hard to imagine the freedom we find From the things that we leave behind Every heart needs to be set free From possessions that hold it so tight Cause freedom's not found in the things that we own Is the power to do what is right With Jesus our only possession Then giving becomes our delight And we can't imagine the freedom we find From the things that we leave behind worshiping goods we possess but Jesus said lay all your treasures aside and love God above all the rest because when we say no to the things of the world we open our hearts to the love of the Lord and it's hard to imagine the freedom we find from the things that we leave behind oh and it's hard to imagine the freedom we find from the things that we leave behind This is a song uh, from the life of Peter. Um, it's based on one Greek word, uh, a, a word uh, that's pronounced emblepo, which isn't the prettiest sounding word, emblepo. But it's a pretty uh, beautiful idea. The idea is, um, is to see something with your mind, to really understand what it is you're looking at. And so the word emblepo is, is used uh, when Jesus says, consider The lilies of the field. That word consider is really the Greek word emblepo. Jesus says, when you look at the lilies of the field, you see them with your mind. And if if you'll do that, you'll realize that they're really a parable uh, for God's provision for us. That that that's what it really means to see. Okay? That word is used uh, by two different New Testament authors, Luke and John, to describe the way Jesus looks at Simon. Isn't that interesting? Uh, the very first time they meet in John 1, uh, John uses this word. Uh, Andrew brings his brother, Simon Peter, to meet Jesus. And before they even speak, John tells us that Jesus turned and he considered, he, he, he gazed at, he, he looked intently at Simon Peter. And he said, you are Simon. You will be the rock. So before he even spoke to him, he knew all of his potential, knew everything about him. The Bible tells us, in fact, John tells us a couple of chapters later, that Jesus has this intuition about people. He doesn't have to ask questions about a person because he knows what's in a person. That's the first time the word is used. The other time is uh, one of the last times they lay eyes on each other, and it's in Luke 22. And it's the, the the moment when Peter betrays Jesus, and all the gospel writers tell us that story because it's an important story. It was an important story to the early church that they... Realized that someone with the stature of Peter had actually f- failed. Only Luke gave us uh, this particular detail, though. Luke tells us that upon his third denial, Jesus turned and looked at Peter across the courtyard at Caiaphas. As their eyes met, and it's that word "emblepo." Jesus turned and considered Peter. He looked at Peter with understanding. He looked at Peter with his mind, because he understood. He had already. Uh, said that Peter was going to betray him, didn't he? He told him, you're going to do it. And he says, Peter, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. but, But I've prayed for you. And so when you turn around, strengthen your brothers. Jesus knew every detail of what was going to happen. The point is, that's how he sees us. That's how he sees us. He considers us. He sees us with his mind. And if you, if you hear nothing else tonight, I want, you to, I want you to hear this question. Do you realize how magnificently you are loved by this man? This man who knows you better than you know yourself? Who, who, who loves you so much he would rather die than live without you? Who loves you so much he wants to be married to you? This man who in uh, uh, a couple of weeks we will celebrate... His sacrifice, sacrificing himself for us out of love. Do you realize how magnificently you're loved by this man? And there's nothing you can do about it. That's the really cool part. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't act better and get more of his love. And, and by failing the way Peter failed in Caiaphas, you don't forfeit one subatomic particle of it. Let me say something that's going to sound heretical. But let me finish my thought before you get your lighters out, okay? (laughs) You may be uh, here tonight, and you may be enmeshed in the worst kind of a sinful lifestyle, and you simply can't disentangle yourself from it. Well, I'm here to tell you, you don't have to stop sinning for God to love you. He loves you so you can stop sinning. Paul says it's his kindness that leads us to repentance, it's realizing how magnificently we are loved that is one of the greatest forces for then changing your life. So I'll stop talking at you. It was the first time that I heard his voice above. THE GENTLE WHISPER OF THE SEA I FELT INSIDE THAT HE HAD MADE HIS CHOICE AND THAT SOMEHOW HE HAD INCLUDED ME AS I LOOKED UPON THE OPEN BOOK THAT WAS HIS FACE and read there every comfort from above His compassion looked beyond all my disgrace and saw someone he could build a kingdom of His gaze was kindness but his stare could break your heart and somehow make you whole. Cause when he looked at you, you felt you were completely known, because you see he saw you with his soul. Met once across a barren place Where I denied I even knew his name What broke my heart was not the look upon his face But knowing that he loved me still the same It is the very way He looks upon us all This moment seeing all that we might be And no hint of condemnation can be seen within His eyes Because He was condemned for you and me So hopeless I will not forget The nights are dark and cold So with the dawn he rose in view And filled our nets and my soul too The Fisher King, my rendezvous Upon the sea of souls Upon the sea of souls We ride the tides of time And Jesus shouts, behold You stand beside a sea of souls I left my nets and boats behind to follow him so I could find A way to cast a different line upon the sea of souls Upon the sea of souls We ride the tides of time And Jesus shouts, behold You stand beside a sea of souls in me he is spirit he is free and I the wife of adultery and Gomer is my name simply more than I can see how he keeps on forgiving me how he keeps his sanity Hosea you're a fool a fool to love someone like me a fool to suffer silently Though sometimes through your eyes I see I'd rather be a fool The fondness of a father The passion of a child The gentleness of a loving friend An understanding smile All of this and so much more You've lavished on a faithless whore I've never known love like this before Hosea, you're a fool A fool to love someone like me A fool to suffer silently Though sometimes through your eyes I see I'd rather be a fool This God of yours would not have told To lift a love that you couldn't hold And though time and time again I flee I'm always glad to see you coming after me Simply more than I can see How he keeps on forgiving me The wife of adultery And Gomer is my name a doctor who would come home late at night with a soul so bruised and bleeding from his unending faithful fight to keep a hold of kindness in a world that isn't kind to hold out the hope of healing to his hurting humankind then he'd flee back to his study To his bookish quiet place With notes and books and journals To wall in his special space And then he'd lock the door From things that cannot be locked out And his youngest son would starve For what he would always do without But it was meant to make me who I am And for all these many years Still the little boy down on his knees Full of hope and full of fear Calling underneath the door This is me, it's who I am For we love the best by listening When we try to understand Desperate stubby fingers Pushing pictures neath the door And longing to be listened to By the man that I adored Inside someone who needed me Just as much as I did him Still unable to unlock the door That stayed closed inside of him And it's strange the way we tend to flee From what we need the most That a father would lock out his son when his heart would hold him close. But our wounds are part of who we are, and there is nothing left to chance. And pain's the pen that writes the songs, and they call us forth to dance. more song from the life of Peter cool morning shadows sadly shift across the floor each time we say goodbye it's harder than before even after all the pain of parting still we find that we must mourn the death of the dreams we leave behind As I turn my back on all that means the most to me The sounds and smells the light that dances on the sea The greatest gamble is to act on the belief that only the slave who leaves it all is truly free The sacrifice that we both lay before His feet a thousand moments that belong to us that now will never be by faith we hold a better dream inside our hearts a time when our family will never have to be apart till then we'll struggle with just what it really means and we will mourn the death of our beautiful dreams, mourn the death of our beautiful dreams.
0: Thank you for joining us for this special concert edition of In the Studio with Michael Card. If this hour has been used by the Lord to encourage a renewed desire to live out your faith, we hope you'll let us know. There's several ways to do this. Post a review of this podcast, pass along the link to a friend, or email your reactions when you write in the studio at Michaelcard.com. We look forward to reading your email. In the studio at Michaelcard.com. And stay current with Michael's ministry and interact with other listeners when you check out the Michael Card Music Facebook page. We're excited about the partnership with our sponsors at the Christian Standard Bible. Visit csbible.com. The Bible is the foundation of all we do in this podcast, and we're happy to point you to the many ways you can read and study with this fresh translation in your hands. Explore all that's available for you and use the 40% discount on CSB purchases at Lifeway. Use the promotion code CARD40. Just type CARD40 with no spaces for your 40% discount. Choose a copy that fits your needs online at csbible.com. And join us again next week for another podcast edition. Now for Ron Davis, Susan Sermon, Lance Mansfield, and our producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Thanks for sitting in on this session in the studio with Michael Carr.